Would you turn with me to Colossians chapter 3? I'm going to look at the first four verses of Colossians chapter 3. Sweet simplicity in our text this morning, and yet very powerful life-changing truth if we allow God's word to do its work in our hearts. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, we love your word and the power of it and the way it can change our lives and our thinking, our direction. And I pray, Lord, that as your people, we would allow your word to call the shots. That we would surrender ourselves to the direction found in your word. Pray that you would bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Author Stephen Covey wrote a very popular book. It's a bestseller. It's entitled, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he's the guy that coined that famous phrase. He writes, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Great advice for anyone who wants to be effective in something. Discover what you're going to focus on. And then maintain focus on it and stay Focus. Well, I want you to know that all of us as Christians are to have the same main thing in life. We're all to have a focus. We're all to have a worldview, a perspective by which we view everything in life. And Paul speaks about that here in this chapter. Look at it. Verse 1 of chapter 3, Paul writes to Christians, to us. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Christians, set your mind on things above. Not on things on the earth. For you died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 2, look at that. It's a command to all of us as Christians. Set your mind on things above. Fix your mind on things above. Concentrate on things above. The Greek verb is constructed in such a way that this is a, it's an act of your will. You are commanded by your will to choose to set your things, your mind on things above. It's also a tense of the verb that indicates continuous action. Keep willfully setting your mind on things above. Day by day. Moment by moment, 
habitually, willfully, setting your thoughts in mind on things above. So we're supposed to be thinking about things above. Now, is that speaking of the physical things that you picture in heaven? Does that mean we have to have a constant sort of mental picture of heaven in our mind where we're kind of seeing the Shekinah glory and the angels around the throne and the throne of God and Jesus seated on the throne of God at the right hand of God the Father. Does it mean we're supposed to keep that kind of an image in our brain? I find that helpful, actually, when I pray. But that's not the emphasis here. The emphasis here is as Christians, we are to continue to set our mind on everything that is important to heaven. The principles of heaven. The priorities of heaven. Paul's saying you need to keep a heavenly perspective. An eternal perspective. Heaven is your home. Heaven is the finish line. Heaven is your final destination. And everything in here should relate, Christian, to heaven. It's almost as if all of us as Christians, should, would, we should constantly be carrying around a very special compass. And this compass is always pointing north, that way north, straight up. We are headed to heaven, and that's what we're thinking about. And that's what we relate everything in life to. Continually set your mind on things above. And then look what he says in verse 1. Takes it up a level. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Same construction of the verb. It's an act of the will, choose to seek the things which are above, and it's in the continuous action. You are to keep seeking the things that are above. So, taking action on your heavenly mindset. Keeping the heavenly priorities. Obeying the heavenly principles. Preparing for heaven, cultivating heavenly truths in your day-to-day life. So you see, as Christians, we're to have this constant mindset and constant action towards that mindset, keeping our mind on heaven. And living for it. Now that's the positive way to think of it. What about the negative way? Look at verse 2. Set your mind on things above, Paul says, not on things on the earth. Christian, listen. Do not fix your mind on things on this earth. 
do not focus on things on this earth. And that's everything. Do not be fixed upon earthly material possessions like houses and cars and clothing and jewelry and gadgets. Do not fix your minds upon earthly immaterial possessions like fame, honor, power, prestige. And by implication, Christian, don't seek those things. Don't pursue after those things. You're to be pursuing things above. Thinking on things above. Now this is true for every single one of us as Christians. All of us as Christians need to have this perspective in life. And you want to know why? Because as born again Christians, right now we are citizens of heaven. Do you know right now heaven is your home? If you're a born-again Christian here this morning, you are not of this world. You are an otherworldly person. You're a heavenly person. And so you should be thinking on heaven. In fact, last time together we spoke about this incredible miracle that happens when you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. When you ask him to be your savior, when you surrender All of your sins are forgiven and you become a child in the family of God. But remember that you're also literally joined to Jesus. You're identified with him. And Paul is speaking about those things right here in this text. Notice in verse 3, it says, if you're a Christian, verse 3, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The idea is... When you gave your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, the old you died with Jesus on the cross and was buried. That's who you are in union with Christ. Verse 1 says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Many scholars believe, and I also agree that it could be translated, since then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. You're a new person in Christ Jesus. You were raised with him. Paul even tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us, Christian, alive together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, do you realize as a Christian, spiritually speaking, you are seated with Jesus in the heavenly places. You're with him spiritually in union. That's your position. Certainly you should be thinking about heaven. It says at the end of verse 3, Your life is hidden with Christ in God. I love that. In crypto. You're encrypted in Christ Jesus. You're covered. You're packaged completely in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4. When Christ who is our life. Christian, Christ is your life. Your life is wrapped up in his life. 
That's why Paul writes in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That's true of every Christian. And it says at the end of verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Do you understand? You're otherworldly. You're not, you're not a part of this world. You live in a different level. An entirely different plane. So certainly, as a born-again Christian, you need to have that otherworldly mentality. Setting your mind on things above. Seeking those things which are above. Okay, question. How do, we, how do we stay heavenly minded when there's so much to do on planet Earth? I mean, let's face it. We're, I know our home's heaven, but we live here for a while, right? And there's so many different things that we do. We have earthly responsibilities. We have, I mean, jobs to pursue. We go to school and we get diplomas. And we work for things. We have the responsibility of taking care of our families, paying the bills. Certainly, we want to live healthy lives physically. We should take care of ourselves physically. You know, all the relationships that we have in our lives, our friendships, marriage, parenting, all that. There's a lot going on on planet Earth. And how do we have that heavenly-minded perspective when we live out all that here on planet Earth? Well, let me tell you something. Avoid the extremes. I know Christians who live their lives here really as if they don't even believe in heaven. They don't even think about it. They got saved. They walked down an aisle at church. They gave their lives to Jesus. And then they go about and they do their own thing. And I tell you, if that's you, you're going to be sadly disappointed. But then I know other Christians who will go to the other extreme and they'll live very irresponsible lives. They think, well, I just, I'm going to be heavenly minded and I'm just going to read my Bible all day long and pray and freeload off people. D.L. Moody used to speak of Christians who were so heavenly-minded that they were no earthly good. And I've met a few of those. The other response that I think many of us as Christians can have is compartmentalizing. Right? You got your earthly stuff, your secular stuff. That's the stuff that you do. And then you have the heavenly stuff. Is that how we're supposed to live as Christians? Now, you know, the emphasis here, when Paul says, don't fix your mind on things on this earth. The idea is don't fix your mind on all the things here on planet earth as, it only mat- as if it only matters here. As a Christian... You fix all your minds on the things of this earth as it matters there. You bring heaven into every aspect of your life. It's your outlook. 
on everything. One Christian author said the Christian should not be earthbound in his outlook. He should view things not as they appear to the natural eye, but in reference to their importance to God and eternity. Everything in your life, do that. How is this important to God? How does this relate to eternity? So let's get real practical. Let's talk about some of these things. What about earthly material things like the house, the car, the clothing, the finances? Well, the Bible is very clear for us as Christians. We're not to worship those things. We're not to live our lives trying to build up all those things. We're not to pursue money and wealth like that. We are to love God above all things. So your perspective on finances, wealth, should be whatever God gives you, he gave you. And you're to use all that in the way that God would want you to use it, which is for absolute sure being responsible, taking care of your kids, your family, being good stewards of what God has blessed you with. And then also using that for the advancement of God's kingdom on earth, taking all of that and seeding into what God is doing. The work of the Lord, helping people, blessing people, getting the gospel out. Jesus said in Matthew 6, do not, do not, he says, lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys And where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Andrew Murray said something wonderful. He said, the world asks, what does a man own? Christ asks, how does he use it? See, in the economy of heaven, it's really not how much you have. It's not like if you're a billionaire and you get to heaven, Jesus goes, ooh, VIP treatment for the billionaire. Red carpet. Hey, care less. It's not what you have or how much you have. It's what you do with it. Whether you have a million dollar a year salary or a $30,000 a year salary, it doesn't matter what you have. It's what you do with it invest in heaven don't worship the stuff use the stuff for God's glory that's the heavenly mentality okay what about careers what about educational goals what about going to college and I mean if you're a born again Christian seek your heavenly father on those things. Don't you know that God cares about that? God, and I believe God has a special calling on 
every one of his people. Uh, callings from God are not just to be a pastor or a minister or a missionary. I truly believe that God calls some people to be doctors and nurses and accountants and successful businessmen and women. Because God wants his people strategically placed in every sector of society to represent him. And he's equipped us. He calls us and he equips us. And as a Christian, you do everything in your life out of service to him. In fact, we'll read this later in a couple of weeks. But in Colossians chapter 3, Paul says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. How do you live with a heavenly perspective? Do what you do for God and be the absolute best that you can be at. I think the Christian I think Christians should be the best at what they do. I think we should have the best chefs on planet Earth. The best lawyers, the best doctors. And Christians are motivated to be the best. Because they're not just doing it for their own world and their own little kingdom. They are literally doing it for a boss who's way bigger. They're doing it for the glory of God. Christians don't check out of earthly responsibilities. They are the best at what they do because they know that they serve the Lord and want to honor him. A heavenly-minded Christian, I believe should do a lot more earthly good than any earthly-minded person. Because you're living for what matters. Your eye is on eternity. How about relationships? I promise you, God wants you to have the best relationships that you can possibly have in this life. And as a Christian, you need to obey the principles of heaven concerning relationships dating, marriage, friendships. Because God wants those relationships awesome. But let's just talk about the value of people in light of eternity. Every person you interact with is special. Please know that. Every client, every neighbor, even those people that annoy you, they have souls. Souls. They're going to live forever. And, and, and a Christian with a heavenly mindset never forgets that about the other people. Hey, I'm, God has placed me here to share truth. God has put me on the road to heaven, and I want to make sure everyone else in my life knows how to get on that road as well. How about physical health? Taking care of yourself. Is that important? The sight of heaven. It most certainly is. Because you want to stay in top shape as long as possible because you want to be a mighty man or woman of God who has health and is able to go out and continue to serve the Lord with all that energy that is needed. 
apply that heavenly perspective to everything in your life. You know, I just mentioned the, the golf tournament that we had. And, you know, we had 112 golfers, a lot, of, a lot of activity on that golf course yesterday. I saw a lot of things. A lot of people very active and running around and doing it. But you know what? The main goal was heaven. Getting kids to heaven. All that activity of a lot of people bonded together, working towards the ultimate objective is helping young kids. Do that with everything in your life. And I promise you, there will be so many benefits. You know, it's, it's a blessing to be heavenly minded, to be thinking about eternity. Because you will find more satisfaction in life. One pastor said, I am thoroughly convinced from watching people and studying the word that the people who are truly content are those who constantly realize that this world is not where it's at. On the other hand, those who try to find happiness in this world here are perpetually frustrated. The possessions they purchase are never quite what they're supposed to be. The relationships they form are never as satisfying as they thought they would be. The dreams they pursue are never as fulfilling as they hoped they would be. Nothing is ever quite right until we realize, hey, it's not here. It's not here. All the happiness, it's not here. It's in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you, you, you put everything in your life in that perspective. Boy, you find satisfaction. You find happiness. There's contentment. Man, when you have a heavenly-minded perspective, you can get through the trials and tribulations of this life. We, we face a lot of tough things in this life. Tragedy, sickness hardships, and there's a lot of tough things that we're called to. But you know, if you're a born-again Christian, you can always take courage. This isn't your home. You're headed to a place where you're not going to experience any of that. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. We also know as Christians that when we face trials and struggles, God uses them in our lives to make us better, to make us stronger, to make us more fruitful for the next world. I'll tell you what, if you find people that are completely focused on things of this earth, they are absolutely shocked in the face of tragedy, frustrations. They're hurt. They're wounded. They see no purpose in it. For the earthly-minded person, it, 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 limit as much damage as possible. But if you're a born-again Christian and you have the hope of heaven, you know that there's purpose in it and you know, you know, 
that it's even achieving for you as a Christian something greater in the next world. We can have joy, we can have hope, we can have contentment even in the face of death as Christians. When you're on your deathbed, Jesus will be there with you in a profound way. I've seen it. When our loved ones die, we have profound hope because we know that they're in a better place and one day we will be reunited with them. You're heavenly minded. It hurts. You grieve. But not like those without hope. One of my favorite pastors, his name is John Corson. He's a Calvary Chapel pastor. I've listened to him for years up in Oregon. And I just, he's one of these guys that I respect. I love the way he teaches the Bible. And also just the things that have happened in his life. His first wife was killed in a car accident. He was in the car. She died in his arms. First wife. Many years later, his teenage daughter was killed in a car accident. Same stretch of highway. Same stretch. And then a few years back, his son, Peter John, died of illness. And, you know, things like that. I've known Christians that will get real bitter enough of this. But I'll never forget John's testimony. He said, I'm living heaven even more today. Because there are people that I dearly love there. And I'm not going to use these experiences in my life to be bitter. I'm living for it. I've got people there. That's heavenly minded. The Lord Jesus gives you that perspective. Stay close to him. Keep that. And a good question, how do we keep this mentality? What are there some things that you could do? Well, I would certainly recommend that you read the book on heavenly principles and priorities regularly. Keep your nose in the book. Be reading the scripture regularly because it's in the Bible that we give those reminders of what matters most. In fact, we talk about being heavenly minded. Put some great verses in your mind. This, this section right here, Colossians 3, 1 through 4, memorize it. Let it saturate in you. How about Philippians chapter 3, verse 20? For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Just that first phrase. Our citizenship is in heaven. Your citizenship is in heaven. And we're eagerly awaiting for a Savior from there. Just remember those things. 1 Peter 2.11 Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts 
which war against your soul. Every aspect. I would highly recommend as Christians that we regularly attend church. We need, we, it's so easy to get off track. We need weekly reminders, don't we? And when the saints gather together and corporately sing praise and open God's word, oh, we're reminded of heaven. Hey, run with heavenly-minded people. Run with them. Do life with them. You will become like the people that you hang with. So if you're hanging out with the worldly-minded, earthly-minded people, that's exactly what you're going to become like. That's who you'll be. But if you run with heavenly-minded people, you'll become like that. Spend a lot of time, my brother and sister in Christ, pray about everything. Pray about everything. Young person, pray about your career. Pray about your your, your high school education, your college education. Pray about who you're going to date, who you're going to marry. Give all that to the Lord. Pray about your finances. Pray about your perspective. Keep, it says, continually, willfully, set your mind on things above and relate everything in your life to the heavenly perspective. Let's ask God to help us to do that. Father, we thank you for a wonderful reminder this morning and how we need that reminder often, even daily. Lord, I pray that um, you would guard us from swinging to extremes, that by your Holy Spirit you would teach every one of us how to live that balanced life here, all that attention that we have to put into things here, and yet how we make that a part of our preparation for heaven. Help us to bring that into balance. Lord, I pray as your people, we would not exclude you from any area of our life, ever. She would always be number one. You'd be our point man. You'd call the shots. And Father, I thank you for the promise of heaven. Thank you for the joys of heaven. Thank you for the things that await. Right now, Father, I want to pray for anyone who's not sure of heaven. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not sure. Are you an otherworldly person? Are you a child in the family of God? Have you become born again? Do you have the certain hope of heaven? Understand the Bible says that you can know for sure, certain that you're a citizen of heaven 
if you will get all of your sins forgiven through faith in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for you, the way to become a child of God is to admit that you are a sinner, that you have sinned before a holy God. That you would recognize that the Son of God left heaven, came to earth to die on the cross for your sins. He paid the price. And he rose again that third day. And if you place your faith and trust in him. He'll forgive you of all your sins. You'll be joined to him. You'll be covered in Christ. You have the hope of heaven. And you can live for him now. If you've never received Christ by faith. I want you to have an opportunity right now. And I would invite you right now to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. And if that's you, in the quietness of your heart, you pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. Wash away all my sins. Make me a child in your family. Join me to you. And then help me to live for you. Follow you. Lord, my prayer for all of us is that we would surrender every area of our life to you. In Jesus' name, amen.